Welcome back, everybody, to Nutty Buddy Sports. I am your host, Ryan, and on today's episode, we are going to do a mega playoff preview podcast. And to do that with me, I got Clint. He's back. Clint, how's it going? Good. So let's start with the Lakers. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah. Okay. And then Chris is here. Hey, Chris, how's it going, man? Fantastic. Glad to be back. I'm glad you're back as well. DJ's here. He's back. How's it going, DJ? Doing well. That's awesome. And then we are going to talk about the Clippers today, so we could not do that without Luke. Luke, how's it going? I need you guys and anyone listening to visualize your least favorite person on the planet. Okay, do you got that? Wu Dort is a bigger (laughs) idiot and terrible human being than your least favorite person on the planet. How dare he? How dare he injure Paul George? What a punk. Kick him out of the league forever. I never want to see him ever again. It was super funny because at, when that injury happened, I'm like, oh, dude, uh, uh, Luke is going to hate Lou Dort. <laughs> that was the first thought that went He is my, my least favorite person ever. Yeah. Like, name any, like, I can't even think of, so, there's. Chris Paul. Vladimir no, Lou Dort worse. Putin, Putin. Putin, I'd say he's in Hitler range for me. Like, I cannot stand him. Lou Dort, he's a terrible person. That's just anti-German racism. He's a terrible okay. person. Okay, let's get back on course here. We'll he was talk. nowhere near that rebound. He was not going to get it. See, here, here's the thing with Luke. You know, uh, I can't give him like clues that we got to move on. He's he's going to get what he needs to out of the way, which is fine. Okay, let's talk about some uh, playoff things before we get into the specific previews in the East and the West. And I want to go kind of like a, a broader picture of the playoffs. Um, I actually listened to our uh, regular season preview podcast today before our podcast, which I was like hilarious. And I'm going to just bring out some things that uh, I noticed, but I wanted to ask you guys this, and uh, maybe we'll start with, I'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit. So I'll start with Chris on this one uh, of the teams that made the playoffs, which one are you most surprised the team that has surprised you the most, whether it's the Eastern or Western conference. Well, I mean, it'd have to be, I, I guess you'd have to remind me what uh, was said in the preview, but that Sacramento made it all the way, not just in the playoffs, they made it all the way to the third seed, um, their best season in 17 years or maybe even longer. And then um, I'd say the other one would be uh, now technically they might not make the playoffs or a play-in team, you know, to be determined, but the Thunder making it to 40 and 42, um, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander turned into a top 10 player and then a lot of role players and a lot of injuries and still they're on the precipice of being in the playoffs. So that would also be very surprising. Yeah, those are two good options. Any other uh, opinions out there other than the uh, Kings and the Thunder? Uh, Go ahead, DJ. Yeah, I was thinking the Knicks as well. Um, when you watch them, they actually look like a legitimate team that plays well together. Um, you know, I, I think they have a chance to to scare some people um, and surprise some people, especially if they're if they can get healthy and get Randall back. But they surprised me a little bit. I was thinking they were maybe a you know seven eight play-in type team, but I mean they're they're legitimately you know a four or five team in the East for sure. Yeah, we uh we totally trashed the Knicks on our preview podcast. Like we yeah. were like they're barely going to make the play in. 
Uh, we couldn't understand the Brunson siding. We were like so hard on that. Like he's an okay player, but like we 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 really trashed the Knicks. So uh, Knicks, Jalen Brunson, uh, I'll send you an apology letter. That's on us. Uh, go ahead, Chris. No, I was I was gonna say the exact same thing. Uh, that we all thought the Brunson signing was they paid him too much money, but maybe we should have put stock in the fact that uh, when Luca was hurt, he carried the Mavs in the playoffs for that little stretch. And it's like, oh, maybe he is a number one guy because he kind of transformed their uh, franchise a little bit there. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And and it was nice that um, uh, it, it seemed to help Randall as well, like kind of find his mm-hmm. role and play like second fiddle as well. Um, okay, next question, guys. Next question. I'll, I'll start with Clinton here. Which team are you most surprised about that missed the playoffs? It's probably going to be Dallas. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Dallas anyhow, and they have Jason Kidd, who you're bound in your second year to fall apart anyhow, but to not make the play-in um, is quite disastrous. And I saved the text. I screenshotted it, Ryan, when I text you moments after the Kyrie trade that said over under two years from now, Luca is not on the Mavericks. I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, you should you should feel good about that. <laughs> uh, any other surprises anybody else has? Uh, go ahead, DJ. Yeah, I was going to say the Heat as well. I mean, they, you know, they lost tonight, so we'll see what happens the next game, if they actually make the playoffs or not. But going into this year, people thought that they're a legitimate threat in the East. When you look at their lineup, you got, got a solid coach. They all have a lot of experience. Um, so I'm I'm really surprised – I mean, I thought they're going to wake up starting tonight and like destroy the Hawks. And then they're going to, you know, give Celtics all they could handle. So the fact that they folded, it's kind of surprising. I guess they're just not that good. Yeah. We'll have to see with the heat. We'll talk a little bit about them in a, in a minute. Um, let's see here. The, the other teams I wrote down, Portland, Chicago, they're both uh, Portland, I thought it would be a play-in team, but they didn't even make the playoffs. Bulls, I thought would be better. And then Clint, this one is for me and you, Toronto. Um, <laughs> we were pretty high. Most of us were pretty high on Toronto. And one thing I would say re-listening to the podcast was um, we were pretty on about the Mavs. We were, none of us were really like that high on them this year, which was, I thought was pretty good. Um, other than Luke, I think Luke, you said they would finish like the third seed or something like that, but, but the rest of us hit, hit that uh, pretty good. In my, in my defense, I saw playoff Luca twice and no one else did. And it's a very scary thing to see playoff Luca. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, it's literally everything goes in. It's ridiculous. Um, However, it turns out when you trade away half your team for Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. That's and great. then you have Kid, head case, Christian Wood, head case, Luca, head case possible. <laughs> There's a lot of toxic personalities in that locker room. Obviously, Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it's not surprising that they fell apart after that trade. Um most important uh so which player are the two here um Joel Embiid and Jokic which player is it more important that they get out of the second round which player would you pick that they need to or it, or if they don't it damages their legacy more uh I'll I'll go I'll start with uh go ahead Chris I think it's very clearly Jokic uh 
A, they're not going to give him the MVP because they don't want the powers that be don't want him to have three in a row. But the the West is just completely wide open. There's not any breakaway team. Whereas if, if Embiid doesn't get past the Celtics, it's like, okay, the Celtics are just a better team. That's It's not crazy for them to lose. But to the Nuggets would be losing to – the Suns are the Clippers, and neither of them are dominant. It would be very bad for Yo- a bad look for Jokic. Okay, anybody think it would be Embiid? Go ahead, Clint. Yeah, I think it's Embiid. Total opposite of Chris. I think it's Embiid by a mile because I think his career is going to be much shorter than Jokic's. And I think if he gets bounced in the second round again um, – I don't think he'll be on the Sixers much longer because if they get bounced in the second round, James Harden is going to be a Houston Rocket next year. And I just think their their path to success, I don't think is long-term if they can't get it done this year. So I think if he gets bounced this year, he'll have to move on. And his injury likelihood is higher. Jokic also has the fact that he plays in Denver and no one ever talks about Denver. So they'll just kind of forget about him and he'll probably – um, you know, just be good for a while. But I just think it's in B because I don't think his career is going to be much longer. Gotcha. Go ahead, Luke. I think it's I, – I don't think it matters as much if Jokic were to lose. Everything Chris said I don't disagree with, but it's it's more so that the West is completely wide open. I don't think you look at the Nuggets and say – that's a powerhouse. Like they started off the year so good, but you, they haven't been playing that great for over a month, last couple months. They've, they're just as good as anyone else in the West. So like, would that be surprising if Jokic got really good numbers and they still got beat by someone like who knows, like however the seeding plays out, mm-hmm. let's say they're the one. So what they get to play. If Paul George doesn't come back, if they played, if they, if he loses to Durant and Booker, are you going to be like, wow, I can't believe Jokic lost to Durant. And Booker, mm-hmm. no, no. I feel like Durant's losing to Durant's not a big deal. Who would Embiid be losing to in the second round? Uh, Tatum and Brown. So, can you really knock Embiid for that? Like, who's his running mate in Philly? <laughs> you you know, like uh-huh. I guess I not I'm not I don't mean to dump on your question here, Ryan, but I just feel like it doesn't the legacy thing unless they win a title, these two guys, I don't think it matters what round they would get knocked out in. Like it's to the point where I think everyone, everyone trusts that these guys are really good, but it's a team game and their teams are really not built (laughs) to go run through with. I mean, but they win. Sure. But they have just like, who do you think's going to win between the Celtics and Sixers. Oh, that's a toss-up. Who do you think is going to win between the Bucks and the Sixers? Well, the Bucks have a better team. It's like, okay. So it can't really – I feel like the legacy thing has to be like more of a choke job. Like yeah. it would be like a first-round thing. Like if one of these guys loses mm-hmm. – like let's say Jokic loses to LeBron's Lakers in the first round. That's going to be a huge indictment on him. But I feel like unless it's something like that, or let's say they make it to the finals and like Jokic or Embiid in the finals have a really poor showing, I just think you can't really knock either one of them 
for losing to a team that very well could beat them. <laughs> That's how it well, feels like. Well, you, first of all, you underestimate ESPN. They'll figure out a way to tarnish <laughs> anyone's legacy. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is it, it seems like because Jokic won two MVPs and everyone's pushing for Embiid to get an MVP, like it's just like they're setting them up sort of to, to trash th- their failures. And the thing is, is your legacy gets built on winning games that are equal. Like if you can't push that you know, help your team get over the top, you know, your legacy is going to get hit as the best player. The only time I really didn't see that is when the Ben Simmons 76ers, you know, and B doesn't get as much slack or, or, you know, like blame for that as like, um, you know, like Paul George did when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both didn't show up against the Nuggets. You know, it's like MB Bubble didn't show count. Yeah, right. I, well, that's true. But but you get my point. Um, I, I guess it, I I'm more interested. I would actually go probably with MB because of the the um the pushing of the media to get him his first MVP. And if he wins the MVP, he's going to be held to a higher standard than Tatum and Brown and and stuff. But I can see where you're coming from. Should it? Probably not because it should matter who you lose to. But I think it will tar- you know hurt one of their legacies um, if they don't get, both even both if they don't get out of the second round. Okay. Let's uh let's just move on though to the next question. Uh I'll let DJ because DJ brought this question up and I thought it was an interesting one because I wanted to hear his thoughts on it. Um you, you put uh who does uh basically who does uh this finals run, who whose legacy would be I'm trying to think of how you word it. I put it in a, a, a outline form. So like who it means more for, whether it's Curly Curry, LeBron, or Durant. So DJ, what what do you, what do you think about that? You know, because you brought that question up. Who whose legacy? Does yeah, it mean so it was for? worded. Who benefits more from That's winning it. a title this year? That's it. Yeah, Kevin Durant, Steph, or LeBron. So obviously, there's a lot of reasons to think about that because KD would justify himself or in his mind because he'll win without being on the Warriors, who just you know won a championship. And um, but then also you got. Um, the Curry LeBron debate, because if Curry were to win one, I believe that he would have one more than LeBron. But then if LeBron wins another title like this, then people think that'll put him right up there, like with Jordan and the fact that he did it with three different teams. And the fact that, I mean, he already won with the Lakers, but you know, coming when he's 38 years old and doing it. So anyways, um, that's the reason for the question, but um, yeah, I was thinking a lot about it, and that's why I like the question because it's really a really tough one um, when you think about it. I, I think it tarnishes Kevin Dart, uh, uh, Kevin Durant's more because everyone knows how I feel about him going to the Warriors. It's like as a competitor, I don't know how you can feel you're a true competitor when you, there's like the best team and you literally – are 12 minutes away from beating them. And it took like the best shooting quarter in history to, to beat you. And instead of saying, we're going to get them next year, you go and join them. And, and then, and then the fact that the warriors won before him and he rides their coattails to championships and then he leaves and they win again. Now, if the warriors go and win again without him, it's like, that makes him look, look horrible and then he wants to go and do his own thing and with the nets and it falls apart in like two years and they only win like one playoff round (laughs) you know it's like that and now even the suns it's like everyone's like oh this is a different situation it's like excuse me i think the suns were in the finals two years ago without kevin durant 
And it's like, now he goes and joins that team. I mean, come on, you know, it's like, I don't know. But anyways, so I would say Steph Curry, because I think everyone feels like LeBron is this generation's player. Like, you know, there is Jordan and then there is Kobe and now it's LeBron. But if Steph Curry wins this year and he has more titles than LeBron and he does it staying in the same team the whole time and just working with the team that he has around him, on top of the fact, of course, that he's completely changed the way that the game of basketball is played um, with the three, you know, the three point ball and shooting the shooting five feet behind the line, which totally changes every, every, you know, the way that everything's played. But if he ends up getting more championships than LeBron this year, like that, I think is going to like put him at, I mean, I don't know how you can't say he'd be equal or even above LeBron Mm. with his accomplishments, Um, which I know some people might freak out about that, but I mean, LeBron custom made basically three teams to win championships. Curry just sat in one market that was horrible for decades and ends up, you know, winning, what's it going to be? Five, five, Mm -hmm. ends up winning five. It's like, that, and he did it with all different ways. He did it being the leader. And then he did when Durant came, he kind of backed off and played, you know, like played more of a role, um, role player type of thing. And now, you know, taking the lead again, it's like, man, he does that. It's like that. I think that puts him on a whole different level than anybody else. But then again, now you talk about LeBron, if he wins one, well, then that, you know, that does kind of separate him from the field a little bit. So it's just kind of interesting question, but I'll go with Steph. Okay. Yeah. Clint, you have any thought on that or not really? I would agree with Steph. I still think when we look back on it, Steph will have changed the game more than LeBron, but I think LeBron is clearly like the best player of, you know, the last, since Jordan, like just complete game. Steph changed the game. He changed how it's played. LeBron actually has probably benefited it just as much because he has all the space now and he can be 38 years old and still put up close to 30 points a game. Um, But I actually think as we go on, like Steph Curry doesn't catch enough bullets for winning two titles with Kevin Durant that he probably wouldn't have won without Kevin Durant. Like, I don't think he's beating LeBron twice without KD. And I know KD is the one that jumped the ship, but, you know, the Warriors kind of begged him to come. So um, I would like Steph to win it because I don't want LeBron to get another one. Um, He annoys me. (laughs) And I don't want Kevin Durant to win one because he's basically did the same thing. And Chris Paul is going to be the downfall of him. Let's hope. Broad. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I would would say Steph Curry, he would get because he's – Less out in front in the media. He's kind of like a media darling that as time would pass, him having five and the game still evolving into more shooting, like people would look at that. Uh, But I still think LeBron is by far and away, as much as I don't like the guy and I love uh, all that, I, I think he's by far the last 20 years, 23 years now, the best player. Yeah, when I when I read your question, I'm like, well, let me think about this because I don't think LeBron's going to get like to me. LeBron is sort of cemented because he's not going to catch Jordan. I, I don't care what anyone says; he's not catching Jordan. He had 
you can't erase 2011. You just can't. You can't be like, oh, that doesn't count. That was that was not a good showing by an elite athlete. So you, Jordan never had that moment. So I just don't think he could catch him. So to me, he's like the second greatest player of all time. He cemented. So I don't know what another title would do. I th- think it'll make LeBron f- fans a little louder, but more, you know, like, I don't know. They sound silly already. So I don't know what to say. Uh, but um, Curry man that's that's i don't know if he'll ever catch lebron and i don't know if that's fair but i just feel like that's a perception you know what i'm saying like it just seems like no matter what lebron's good like he is the better of the two players um you know uh, if you put their entire games together because he's just a better defender than curry will ever be but um I don't know. I, I was thinking Durant. And the only reason why I thought Durant is because Chris Paul's not good anymore. <laughs> and like, so it's really just him and Booker. It's not like that team's, re- I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the concerns we have with the Suns, but like when you full court press Chris Paul, he does not want the ball in his hands. That's what he showed last year in the playoffs. So I, I feel like him and Booker, it kind of evens out. If you have like two stars on each team, it's like, okay, Booker, I mean, Paul is just not the same guy. So it, Durant winning without the Warriors would help his legacy probably more than maybe the other two. But I just feel that's because the ceiling of the other two legacy is sort of kind of almost there. Like it's almost there as high as they're going to get that. I guess that's where I fall down. Go ahead, uh, Luke. I'll, I'll add a fourth one to your question dj but more so just like which who who does it mean the most who would it benefit most to win the championship this year homer pick but i feel like the answer is Kawhi leonard i did think about adding him to this question do you, do you know mm-hmm. how many games Kawhi played this year compared to all the other guys that the media is in love with Kawhi played 52 games this year that's like the same it's like right in the same ballpark as lebron and all their other guys that are up for these all NBA. Oh, now they got to play 65 games. Guys like Kawhi mm-hmm. will have no chance as opposed to every other guy they're talking about being out there. Like mm-hmm. the media has not paid attention because he's been out for a while. But then I, I just watched a game this last week here and we, I had the, uh, the other teams announcing, I forget which game is a Grizzlies game or Phoenix, whoever it was. It was the other team's announcers. They said Kawhi's working his way back into shape. <laughs> Like, like that's the media's take on him still. Like, do you guys know that Kawhi had his fourth highest scoring month of his career in January? (laughs) In his career. Like, he has been just as good as he was before he tore his ACL for about four months now. And no one has noticed. No, because it doesn't fit the narrative. If he were to come out of left field here and knock the Suns out and make a run and they were to win the title, first one for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard went from a a known top three player in the league to, oh, he's he's injured and washed <laughs> in, in the time it took for him to come back from his ACL injury. Just saying that would be three championships on three separate franchises like legitimate three championships on three separate franchises, not LeBron making Anthony Davis quit on his team to come and join. <laughs> like, like not, I'm going to build my own roster on whatever team I feel like type situation. Just saying, I feel like that's just, that would be just as big of a deal. Um, that that kind of changes your question a little bit, DJ. I think I agree that it would mean the most to Steph. I think I agree with that, but outside of that, I would say, 
I think actually Kawhi Leonard is the answer. Well, it would definitely be a more impressive run for someone like Kawhi Leonard going up against the Suns without Paul George. If he can like get through the Suns and then you go up against the MVP, well, one of the MVP front runners and Jokic and you beat that team, the best team in the West, you, you got a case there. That would be a powerful run through the playoffs. So you're not wrong. Uh, Chris, you're the only one that didn't have a comment on this uh, this segment. Do you have anything to add or? Uh, not really. Just, I think everyone made very good points for all their guys. If I had to pick one, I'd probably just say Durant just cause then he would finally win one where he would be the un- undisputed best guy on a team, which is what he craves. And I know some people might say Booker, but Katie is still better than Booker. So no, that's true. Yeah, he is <laughs> Obviously, <better>. but <laughs> that, that, so I, that would be my reason for my pick. Okay. Okay. Well, are you guys ready to talk about some playoff previews now? We're going to start in the Eastern Conference. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Let's start with the Milwaukee Bucks against unknown eight seed. Um, now, uh, if you're listening to the podcast right now, we are recording Tuesday, almost 10 o'clock, and um, the Heat lost to the Hawks. So the Hawks got the uh, seventh seed. The eighth uh, could be the Heat, or it's going to be the Bulls or Raptors. So let's start maybe with Clint here. Who who are you most nervous about the? Uh, I know it might be no one, but let's play the relative question of the teams available. Who are you most nervous for the Bucks to go up against the Heat, Bulls, or Raptors? Bucks in five. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I would I would still pick the Raptors of those three. Yeah. Um, j- just yeah. their their switchability and. Um, they'll have a game or two where they're going to get hot from three with Gary Trent or Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago can't shoot. We saw it last year. The Bucks would just let them shoot 83s a game. They won't make more than 10. And Miami can't shoot threes either. And I was watching the second half of that game. Atlanta had, I think, I turned it off with like two minutes left. I think Atlanta was out-rebounding them 61 to 38. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think they have the size and can score and the bucks after losing to him in the bubble have the size. You just put Giannis on Jimmy Butler and tell him don't jump for a pump fake. And I mean, they murdered him two years ago and I don't think they would have, I actually think they would sweep Miami if they got to play Miami, but the other teams I would give them a game because they'd get hot from three. Okay. So does anybody else have a different answer than the Raptors for this question? Or is the Raptors the one go ahead, DJ. Yeah, I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm actually a little afraid of Miami. I think because of their experience and because of um, the caliber of players they have, I don't know if they're going to beat the Bucs, but I think that they can definitely do some damage to them. I think they can get it to game six, game seven. They're going to play really physical like the Celtics do, which the Bucs don't like very much. Um, I can just see them coming out of that series being relatively worn out compared to if they got the bulls, I think it's, it's a sweep, um, get the Raptors. I think it's over and at the max six. Um, but both of those, I think it's going to be more of an up and down, you know, type of games and the, you know, one twenties probably most of the time, but I think the heat that's going to be one of those, they're going to be like in the high nineties, most of the games playing the type of style that the bucks don't like. 
Um, I think it's going to be a lot more nervous type games. I think Giannis is going to get frustrated because he won't be able to dominate because they know how to build the wall against them. And then you're going to be reliant on their shooters, which they made a lot of improvements since the bubble. But, you know, I just I, I think that could get in Giannis's head a little bit um, when he struggles and then he starts pressing and all that type of stuff. So that's my least favorite matchup. So I'm really hoping the Heat lose <laughs> their next game. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I told you this on Sunday, Clint, when we talked about, I'm like, I just think the Heat will steal two games from whoever they play against. I just, just because they're, they're going to win a couple games where the refs aren't going to call anything. That's really what it comes down to. It's going to be like a reputation type thing. Jimmy Butler's going to average a triple double in a two, two, those two games. And then we're going to hear on sports center the next day about how great Jimmy Butler is. That's what's, what's <laughs> going to happen. That's what I feel like anyway. So I don't know. I, I kind of lean more towards the heat myself as well, but Hey, Clint, I'm on the Raptors chain train with you all the way, you know, you know me and you will never get off that bus, but uh, I, I really thought, they would be the I, I thought the the Hawks and them would be playing for that eighth spot and, and Toronto would beat the Hawks but go ahead Clint yeah my only counter with the heat is since the bubble when Bam Adebayo couldn't hit that 12-foot jumper that Brooke Lopez gives him that just about every game since they let him shoot it and he makes it more than he did before but it totally caps off their offense um I agree I don't think Miami would get above 100 but the Bucs can play big against Miami and sure they'll slow down Giannis because Bam does a pretty good job of it, but the Bucs could play all their size against Miami and Miami has nothing for it. And like tonight they were playing a terrible defensive team and they were 11 of 34 from three, which is actually good for Miami. So I just, I think my, the Bucs would play them like the Bulls and you just cover two guys. And Kyle Lowry was six of nine for three, which will never happen again. So <laughs> I like I just don't think Miami can score. And as physical as Miami wants to be, and they'll probably be a close game, um, I just think if you put a lineup of – you could play Crowder at the three. You could, I mean, you could play just about every big guy that you want, and I don't think it would matter against Miami. So I, I get that they're physical. I think they would put more of a scare into Boston – because Tatum and Brown don't like when you get up in their grill um, and they'll have Tatum will have his three for 22 night. And that throws Boston off because he'll keep shooting. Whereas if Giannis is off, he's still going to go 12 for 25, but it's all right by the hoop. So you're going to get some putbacks. Uh, but I just, I think the bucks are over the Miami thing. And I, I would, I would they should sign Britton Forbes so he can outscore Jimmy Butler again and just <laughs> sweep him again. There you go. There you go. Okay. Anything else we want to talk about of the p- potential matchups? Because that's part of the problem here is we don't got the whole matchup. Any anything else for the Bucks? Uh, go go ahead, Luke. Jimmy Butler was six for nineteen tonight in a win to get in situation. I would like to see the uh, whatever the word is, the criticism come on as strong as him to him when he doesn't do as well as it does to say, I don't know, maybe Paul George who would be thrown under the bus 10 times over on sports center this evening. If he shot 30% in a game that his team needed to win instead, they keep riding the coattails of remember that one time when there was a bubble and no one wanted to be there. And Jimmy Butler took them to the finals. And then the next year when he said he doesn't play until the playoffs start, he got swept out of the first round and hardly got double digit points in those games. And yet we act like he's 
always he always comes up clutch when it matters. Okay, let's see it. He's got one more chance to even get in. <laughs> he called okay. your baby. <laughs> he called your yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we'll have to we'll have to see how poor Jimmy does. Poor Jimmy. He's, he's great, by the way, but they act like he has some. Uh, there's this aura about him when the game matters. I don't remember him showing up in a really important game quite some time. Just saying. Well, I will say he does have a better 2K rating than Kawhi Leonard, so there is that. So <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how his his reputation, as opposed to the actuality with Jimmy Butler, it it he can't shoot threes. Yeah, he'll try though. People think he's like the greatest player. I don't. Anyways, uh, real quick, uh, we don't have to expound too much on it because we'll talk about these other teams. As far as the Bucks, who's the biggest threat? Maybe just the team name. Just give me. I don't want an explanation right now, but give me the team name who you feel is the biggest threat to the Milwaukee Bucks this uh, playoffs. Maybe we'll start with DJ. Who do you think it is? Celtics. Clint. Brooklyn Nets. No, the Celtics. <laughs> Chris, you think the same thing? Celtics. Luke? Celtics. Yeah, Celtics is pretty simple. Uh, we, we, Me and Avery had the uh, Nets going to the finals in our preview podcast. Well, well Durant <laughs> was on that team. And so was uh, the great Ben Simmons. It was hilarious because Avery How said, have you mentioned him twice in this podcast already? How has his name been mentioned more than I just, once? I got to tell you this. Uh, uh, Avery said... The, the best edition of the offseason with the Nets getting a healthy Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Avery, I just had to let you oh, know. That's a, a rough scene. That's yeah, a rough a rough, scene. Rough take. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the Celtics, and we know their matchup is going to be against the Atlanta Hawks. So maybe uh, we could start with Chris. What are some things you might be looking forward to this matchup, or and and who do you think is, is going to win in how many games? Uh, I think Celtics in five. Uh, I, my only hope is just for them to try to wear the Celtics out as much as possible. <laughs> um, although tonight Atlanta looked much stronger defensively than I would have thought. But then again, that might go back to the Heat not being able to shoot at all with anyone on their team. Um, the uh, Hawks bench was really, really good tonight. They just completely dominated the Heat, uh, their second unit. Um, so I guess that would be sort of interesting because everyone gloats up the Celtics bench, and I think it's slightly overrated. So I would love to see we Sadiq play. Sadiq Bay played very well. Okongwu played really well. Um, I forget who else was coming. Johnson played. Yeah, it was good that Johnson so. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's there's one more that got big minutes whose name is escaping me, but um, th- that's what. We, I sort of would be interested to see if those guys could keep that up. And Bojanovic, are you thinking? I think, yeah, he was coming off the bench yeah. too. Yeah. I, uh, Clint, what, what, are, what are your thoughts? Who you got? I think the, the Celtics will probably handle them quite easily. Again, the Hawks have the, the benefit of they can get hot from three. They'll have a game where they're just lights out. But like I... I don't think like they played a Kongu 20 minutes tonight and Capella 28, John's Collins, John Collins 22. Like, I don't think they can play their size against the Celtics. Um, and I think that's where it'll come to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And their bench behind that is just 
unless Sadiq Bay is going <laughs> to, you know, have one of those games like and he's with the Pistons where he puts up 40-something because he's just hot from three. I, right. I don't think they have the quality depth um, to face the Celtics. And they'll only be able to play Capella or Okongwu one at a time. And similar to the struggles the Bucks have, Al Horford can shoot. So <laughs> they can put him in the corner and – Clint Capella is not going to want to go stand out there. And if you're going to put a small guy on Al Horford, Al Horford is going to crash the board. So I'll give the Hawks one game and go Celtics in five. But mm-hmm. unless Celtics suffer an injury, I don't, I don't think the – I think the Celtics' ideal matchup in the first round was probably Atlanta. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. matchup for the Celtics. Luke, anything to add? We got? I mean, I think we're all kind of surprised that the Hawks won this game. So – that's fair. It kind of tells you, and we're like, "Hey, who's the biggest threat to the Bucks, the Celtics?" <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. That's that's. <laughs> so, we, do you think, I think the Celtics we would all be are su- going to win? I think we would all be surprised if the Hawks won more than one game. Yeah, I I agree with you, uh, DJ. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty bummed out because I honestly thought the Heat were going to give the Celtics not that they would beat them but I thought that they would definitely make them weaker going into the second round because I think that would have been a really physical matchup and, you know, both teams would have been really sore at the end of that series. It would have been really ugly back and forth. Um, you know, just like a nineties type style playoff game. Um, yeah. The Hawks don't have a chance in the world. I, I honestly, though, I think they're going to win two games. I think one, the Hawks are just going to get really hot one game. Um, and they're just going to beat the Celtics. And I don't, I've been watching every single Celtics game for probably the last 20 or so. And I don't know if they're bored or if there's something wrong with them, but every like four or five games, they just like totally fall on their face and they get all wrapped up when the refs don't call or flopping all over the place. And, and, and then they get in their heads and then smart gets technicals and gets ejected. And then the whole team goes crazy. And, and it's like, I can see one of those games happening, especially like in Atlanta when the crowd's going all crazy and stuff. So I think one, the Celtics lose Two, and you know, like I say, it's going to be one of those games. They're going to be flopping all over, and the refs won't call anything. And they're, it's just going to they're they're going to just lose that game. And one game, the Hawks will actually win. So I think it's going to be Celtics and six. Okay, yeah, I'll go with Celtics and five. Wouldn't be surprised though, DJ, if you're right about that. Okay, let's just go to our next matchup. We'll talk about the three versus six, the 76ers uh, going up against the Nets. We actually know this surprise. Uh, how many, how many of us are surprised that the Nets actually made the playoffs after the Durant trade? Is anybody? Are we all kind of, or is it kind of? Go ahead, Chris. Um, I think it was uh, Ryan Russillo brought out on Simmons Sunday that since the trade, I think there's that impression that people have that, oh, like the Nets are surprisingly good. And I think he said they're like 10 and 17 since mm-hmm. the two trades. So it's like their record was... They're they're resting on the laurels a little bit of what Durant and Kyrie did for them, so they're a below 500 team. <laughs> now they have some frisky elements, but like they're probably not anything to be too afraid of. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, let's start with maybe DJ on this one. Uh, what are we looking forward to in this game, and who do you have? Well, obviously, I think the Sixers are going to win. Um, yeah. I, my biggest thing, and I texted you this, um, Ryan and Chris, and I think even Luke is if Irving and Durant left the team, 
Irving doesn't make the playoffs, if Durant doesn't get out of the first round, that in itself is going to be absolutely hilarious because they didn't get any farther than the team that they left to go on to better teams. <laughs> but it's things they're playing the Sixers because if they would if they would have gotten like the Cavs or the Knicks or something, I think they could have made it interesting. And it's like my dream, like second to the Bucks winning the championship, if the Nets got out of the first round and the Suns didn't, that would be so amazing for Irving and Durant to leave that team and join other teams that they think they're going to do better on. And then the team that both of them left actually does better than them. That, that would just would have been great. Now that's not going to happen. I think this is going to be like a clean sweep or four one, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just wanted to throw that thought out there because that's, that's like the one reason I'm like really rooting hard for the nut. I, technically I want the Sixers to win because I, I'm hoping they'll bounce the Celtics second round. If the Nets actually somehow won this, they're just going to get swept by the Celtics. But, um, but that's the one thing I thought would be absolutely hilarious. That would be pretty funny. Go ahead, Luke. I, I get a kick out of how the Suns were like, man, we really need a wing that can score and also play defense. So we're going to trade Bridges to get Durant. Durant was. I mean, he's Durant, but then Bridges literally turns into the wing who plays defense and can also score as soon as they trade him away, which is pretty okay. awesome. Mm-hmm. Get the kick out of that. Um, obviously, Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant, but hypothetically, if you were to now say that the Suns needed a player to replace Durant, you'd be like, oh man, Bridges, perfect. <laughs> like, that's what you would say, just looking mm-hmm. at it without any context. It's It's kind of great. Um, the the Sixers are going to win this series easily. Okay, perfect. Yeah, how about you, Chris? Yeah, this is uh, Sixers in five. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, Clint. So DJ and I are going to switch. He was adamant on the Heat. I'm going to go with the Sixers in six, though, because I think the Nets have the the guys to stop Maxi and Harden, not stop, but slow them down. The Sixers struggle against teams that have wings and guards that can score they obviously have no no one for Embiid, so he's probably going to average like 40 points a game in this series but i think if the nets get out and run that they will wear him down similar to how we thought with the raptors uh yeah. last year right and the raptors actually did that as the series went on Embiid hit that crazy step back bank three uh, to save them otherwise that would have went to seven games i think so i think this is a good one unfortunately for the bucks i think the Nets will drag this out by a couple games and Embiid will be a little tired. And I think they're going to lose to the Celtics anyhow, but I would like them to beat the Celtics, but I'm going to go with the Nets losing in six. I just think they will space them out and run them enough to get a couple games. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think like this, the Sixers are going to be playing much more tighter than like the, the Nets because the Nets are like playing on playing on house money where the Sixers you know, I think uh, one of you mentioned Hard- uh, Clint earlier that Harden could be gone and, you know, maybe MB will want to trade if they get bounced again. So they're going to, and I'm not a big fan of Doc Rivers. So they're going to be a little tighter than the Nets. So I could see them losing two. I'm going to go five though. I'm, I'm going to go five to be safe. So, okay. Anything else on this matchup? Okay. Let's go to the next one. Then this one is probably the most, the, the most fun, funnest. I've heard it both ways. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, Cavs against the Knicks in the first line. Let me ask this question to start the, the conversation when it comes to this series. Who best in your mind could play spoiler to the top three 
teams. Who's what was that, Luke? You're muted. Yeah, you're muted. Cavs. I could hear you, but they could. <laughs> My bad. Cavs. Okay. Cavs. Yeah. Cavs. I think Donovan Mitchell's the best player in the series. So, <laughs> and then you take the fact that they have size to be able to play, to get rebounds and, and protect the rim. Uh, I just, I like their team. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but DJ, were you mentioning how that we, we didn't give the, maybe it was Ryan. Someone's mentioning how we didn't give the Knicks the respect and the, the preseason thing. I would say that every time I watch them, I'm surprised that they're at their record. Like I'm, I'm never impressed by them. Not that they're not perfectly fine, but I guess I just don't trust anyone on their team to come through when it matters. I feel like Julius Randle's jump shot cannot be trusted. And he himself just, he's a head case. My goodness. He's been losing his cool at the end of these games. It's just, I don't foresee him being the kind of calming presence you need when things aren't going well in the playoffs and the season's coming down on the wire. And it's like, ah, yes, this guy who's going ballistic at his teammates and his coaches and all the stuff down the end of the season. I trust him to come through in the clutch. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust the Knicks. Does anybody have the Knicks as part, part of like being, you know, one of those, you know, the, the spoiler. No, it's the Cavs. Yeah. Uh, is Randall going to go ahead, DJ, actually, before. I... No, I actually, I, I'm really excited about this series because I think both of these teams have a lot of potential. Um, we're just going to have to see who shows up. Um, obviously, Don, Donovan Mitchell has been amazing, but I've been watching a lot of the Knicks games and between Brunson and Randall, um, even topping um, when quickly has been out there, they remind me a lot of, was it the 2000 Knicks that went to the finals against the Spurs? But as far as just, they play like with a crazy amount of energy and they're just like, they, like skill level. Yeah. They don't look like anything special, but they go against the Celtics and it's like the Celtics are played like really, really well. And you know, the Knicks were missing Brunson in that game. And it's like, they did not back down. That game went into, was it two different overtimes or something like that? Mm-hmm. And they just kept battling. And it's like, they look really impressive recently. I, They're one of those teams that if they were to get the Sixers second round, I think they would beat the Sixers because I think they would just like wear them out. I think Harden, Harden wouldn't be able to keep up and Embiid would be able to, I think they'd be up and down the court and the Sixers would, end up losing probably in six. I don't, you know, obviously Bucks fans. So I don't, I don't think they're going to beat the Bucks. I, I think it would, it, it would, it's going to be a tough one because I think the refs are going to be a lot with the Knicks just because of, you know, it's New York. So it's like, they're going to get the benefit <laughs> of the doubt on some things, especially they'd love to see New York move on to the Eastern conference finals. But I, I think there's too big of a gap of just overall talent on those uh, between the two teams. But and I'm kind of high on the Knicks. It's just, you know, the Celtics and Bucks are just really, really good. But otherwise, it's like I I wouldn't be shocked for the Knicks to be any other team in the East. Yeah, uh, Mitchell Robinson mm-hmm. can balance out the the bigness of the, the Cavs a little bit because Mitchell Robinson's a big dude, too. And Harkenstein, you can't forget about Harkenstein, Luke. He's, he's a pretty big dude as well. Shout out, Harkenstein. I miss you. 
Yeah. <laughs> don't we? Uh, you got Plumlee now. Don't don't complain. Um, <laughs> you got the plum dog now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I I, I kind of lean more towards the Cavs, but I I'll be honest with you, the Brunson. That that's the disrespect that I was most surprised about in our podcast, I, I, because none of us thought he could do it without Luca, right? Like so, that was the thing. But I I'd lean more towards the Cavs as being a spoiler. Uh, of the two is the more likely spoiler because Mitchell has such a high ceiling as far as his scoring output. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, okay. So Clint, what are you looking forward to in this game and who do you have? Um, I have the Cavs. I'll go with the Cavs and six. Cause I don't think, I think Randall's going to play. He, maybe he misses game one, but I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. And if he's going to play and not be a hundred percent, like, that's going to affect, you know, how he plays and they, they're going to need him to play big um, against Cavs. I just blanked on the team name. I was like, <laughs> Wait, who are they playing again? The Cavs. Uh, so I, I don't think the guards of the um, Knicks, they don't have anyone that's going to stop Donovan Mitchell and or Darius Garland. So I think that would be the difference. And again, the, the reason I don't fear the Knicks as a Bucks fan is because they don't have a big that can shoot. So the Cavs can stay big. The Cavs can play their big guys. The Bucks can keep Brooke Lopez out there, um, which I think is their advantage in some series, not in others. Um, so I will take the Cavs in six. Okay. I like it. Uh, DJ, what do you got? You already went with me. Oh. Did, did you predict it? Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. If you want me to give a prediction, I'll say um, Knicks and seven. Okay, Knicks. Okay, I like it, uh, Chris. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cavs and six. Um, I think an X factor in this series could be RJ Barrett. I've seen Knicks fans saying they like Obi Toppin better at this point in the starting role, but uh, Barrett's still starting. He gets a lot of shots. He's been very inconsistent. Um, so hey, if he if he steps up and has a nice series, a nice efficient twenty points a game, you know that would be that would be big for them. But uh, overall, I think the Cavaliers just have a stronger starting five. Okay, yeah. So Cavs and six. Um, yeah, Luke. It's a bit broken record because I'm the third Cavs and six. I just I I agree with pretty much everything that was said. I do like quickly too. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's my guy, but because he mm-hmm. he remind, him reminds me a little bit of Bones Highland on our team now. I I, I like it. Quickly is a more refined version, but um, I like his offense. But yeah, Cav, Cavs and six. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Cavs and six as well. Uh, the the Randall thing kind of makes me nervous. Is the only reason why if he was healthy, mm-hmm. I might be more inclined to give Nick's a little bit more of a shot. But uh, we'll see. Um, okay, real quick, who's making the Eastern Conference Finals? Chris, who do you got? Bucks and Celtics. Bucks and Celtics. Who? Anybody have anything other than Bucks and Celtics? Okay, we're going. Okay, five <laughs> for five here. Okay, let's move on to the West then, guys. You ready to move on to the West? Right now, the Lakers and Wolves are playing. Um, I don't know what the score is. Um, the Sixer, uh, the Wolves are up sixty to forty nine at half. Ooh, okay. okay. Yeah, they. No, no, I, I kind of didn't pay attention for two minutes, and it was the Lakers were leading, and then all of a sudden the 
Wolves went on like a 12 point run. Well, we got to get but the there punt. is plenty of time for Minnesota to do Minnesota things. Yeah, well, we got to get the podcast done before the game gets towards the end. So let's uh, let's start with the Nuggets. Um, sort of the same question with the Bulls. Um, like what? Because obviously we don't know who's going to be playing the Nuggets. Uh, who who do you think has the best chance of upsetting the Nuggets? I think it's a silly question because I think we're all going to have the same team. But uh, maybe I'll start with you on this, Clint. Who, who do you have? Um, probably the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> the other teams, I don't think have much of a chance. The Lakers have maybe a slightly more chance despite, uh, what you will see on the internet. Um, but none of those other teams, Minnesota, New Orleans, Oklahoma city, <laughs> I think maybe they would get Minnesota, I think would be the best chance to get a game. Um, but I don't think any of those teams are going into Denver and winning many games. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I will say this. My uh, whole Western Conference bracket that I made out is predicated on the Lakers winning this game tonight. <laughs> so as much as I would laugh at Minnesota winning without Gobert, uh, for the sake of my predictions, we might need the Lakers to win. <laughs> well, what's funny is is um, I uh, – I don't I, like, I think it's like a lot of these Western conference teams are like rock, paper, scissors. Like if they would have had different mm-hmm. matchups, I'd be picking the other team, but it's depending on who their matchup is. And I think the Lakers mm-hmm. match up very well against the nuggets. So if I'm the nuggets, I don't want the Lakers to win. Uh, I want, I want one of the other three teams or yeah, three teams. Uh, I'd rather play any of those three teams. So uh, are we all in agreement on the Lakers being the team that the nuggets don't want to see? Okay, so let me I ask this. Anyone wants to see the Lakers? That's fair. That's fair. Except would, the Clippers. I'm okay, I'm okay with it. Yeah, the I'm Clippers. Okay with the it. Clippers want them. We yeah. have beaten them 11 straight times now, and they can say they haven't been trying, but I've watched all 11 of those games. They've been trying to win every single one of those. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let me ask this question: Then the Nuggets. Let's say the Lakers do win this game. Which which team would you like to see get into the playoffs? Which team would you like to see get that like experience? that you'd like to see play seven games. Let me ask that to DJ. Uh, okay. See, yeah, I think they're, they've just been so impressive when you consider, you know, at the beginning of the year, how you viewed their roster compared to now the growth that they've had as a team, um, how they play together. I mean, like Chris said, they put up um, statistics and they just had blacked out the, a three-point percentage, field goal percentage, points per game, assists per game between Curry and is it Alexander? Am I remembering that right? That just, just call him yeah. Shea. Shea, okay. yeah. So anyways, and he was ahead of Curry on all of them, like every major statistic. And it's like no one even knows who he is. No one ever talks about him because one, he's on OKC, and two, obviously, they're like way bottom of the West. But the point is – this is a team that if they got to the playoffs and they even, you know, even if they just went to five or six games or even got swept, doesn't matter. But I mean, this could be the beginning of something special. I mean, they're all young, you know, they, they can hold on to anybody that they want to with their salary cap. Um, I mean, they're, they're ready to roll like moving forward. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win anything in the next two years or anything, but Mm-hmm. All, all this experience is only going to help. And I, I won't doubt at all that they're going to be really competitive and, and, you know, a couple of years from now. 
Yeah, they also get Chet back, Chet Holmgren. They don't even have their number one pick of this year uh, playing. So uh, anybody have anybody other than the the Thunder? Okay. Chase, Chase the best player yeah, that's be not fun. in there. So you want you want to see the best players mm-hmm. play in the postseason. So yeah, I think that's yeah. fair. Anthony Edwards is also fun, but nobody wants to also see Gobert. So it's like a kind of like a give and take. <laughs> they kind of cancel each other out. So um mm-hmm. Let's do two different predictions for this. Okay. Let's say the Lakers get the A spot. Who do you have in how many games, Chris, with against the Nuggets? Oh man. So this is this is I don't want to <laughs> reveal my cards, but I had the Lakers beating the Grizzlies. Because <laughs> I just think that Blake LeBron and A D experience is too much. Uh, Denver is just concerning because they don't play defense. And uh, Mike Malone two days ago was like, I was screaming at the guys to like show some heart and like try to play defense and they don't listen to me. Um, That's kind of like a concerning thing for your coach to say. I know that they've been phoning it in for like two weeks. So that's also kind of part of it. Um, Man, (laughs) I, I don't know this is a really tough one for me because my heart is saying Lakers because we just, do you really want to go against LeBron in the playoffs in the first round with a healthy AD playing really, really well right now (laughs) against a team that doesn't play defense? Yeah. It's a good question though. I I would honestly take the Lakers in seven. I just think they match up real well against the Nuggets. I'm with you as long as they stay healthy. Uh, DJ, what about you? Lakers, Nuggets. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know how to answer that. I mean, it's it's one of those things where after it happens, we're all going to look back and be like, "Oh yeah, we should have saw that." Like the Nuggets could come out and, and win it in five, and be like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, that's right, they were a really good team." And the, you know, it's like the '80s showed up like normal as far as like totally fell on his face when it mattered most, and. LeBron's older and slower, so they neutralized him pretty easily. And they didn't have enough time to gel together with their chemistry, you know, with their newer roster since all the trades. And, you know, what I mean, it's like I could see them getting like destroyed and being like, oh, yeah, we should have seen that. But I also could see them like come together. And and I don't think they're going to win in like five or six if the Lake, if the Lakers win. It's going to like right. probably go to game seven. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, that's why everyone wants to see it. Cause it's like, you don't know what to expect in that series. Um, I, I, I have a hard time ever taking the Nuggets seriously because they never, they're like the Sixers where I don't care how many regular season games they win they They get to the playoffs and it's like, what happened to them? <laughs> you know, it's, so uh, I don't know. I have a hard time taking them seriously. Meanwhile, we know what we get with, with LeBron. So it's like, how do you go against that? I guess. So I got some with, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. if I, I was forced to pick someone, I'll say the Lakers, but I don't have any real reason for it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Now I will say this and undermine myself. I, I agree with what DJ said also, but uh, LeBron playing four games in Denver in a short, relatively short time span on 38-year-old legs, not great. Um, we'll see what happens in the second half. Right now, Carl uh, Anthony Towns is plus 23 in the first half. He's got 17 points, six rebounds, and four assists. Um, so there's no reason to think Jokic couldn't also just completely take over a game like that and just keep mm-hmm. doing it over and over again. 
So, but again, we'll we'll see what happens in the second half. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Clint. What about you? What do you think? Uh, Lakers Nuggets. Lakers Nuggets Nuggets and six Nuggets against any other three teams. Four against OKC. Five against Minnesota. <laughs> okay, fair fair enough. How about you, Luke? Lakers and six. Yeah. I I don't know. It's I still we haven't seen Jokic play in the postseason and win win a game that the Nuggets were. Oh, we need we need our MVP to come through and show up in the postseason to take over. I feel like his game is a lot of teamwork, and it's awesome. His passing is insane. He's so good. It's like perfect for regular season basketball. It's just playoff basketball is a little bit different. And mm-hmm. he can't go get a bucket just on his own the way that LeBron James can go get a bucket just on his own. And it's just a little bit different game. So in my opinion, LeBron's the best player in the series and it's a toss up. So I'll go Lakers and six. I mean, obviously nothing would surprise us, right? If nothing would surprise you, it's kind of, that's a toss up. You're flipping a coin. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and what it's sort of what DJ said, we probably wouldn't be surprised either direction like if the lakers go seven or six or the nuggets just destroy the lakers but are we going to be the ones to be like yeah no lebron james can't carry a team you know that's with prime Mm -hmm. anthony davis and russell go ahead chris the other thing i was kind of when i was looking at these matchups uh russillo made this point whenever they would talk about like head to head you can't look at what happened in the regular season because none of these guys play yeah. Every single game, they're either injured or they're resting on a back-to-back. Yeah. And it's like, oh, uh, you know, the Suns beat the Clippers three, you know, whatever it was. It's like, okay, you look at the box score and, like, it's all bench guys. <laughs> yeah. So there's nothing you can take away. That's why it sort of was so hard to pick these series because it's like there's nothing you can look at in the regular season to determine what's going to happen because there's almost no head-to-head matchups from any of these teams where, like, they were at full power, you know, when they played. So, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Okay, let's talk about the Grizzlies and their potential matchups again. They would get the Timberwolves if, uh, you know, the score stays the same as far as the the Timberwolves being the Lakers. So let's say that happens. You know, what are we looking forward to in that matchup? And then uh, who do you got? Let's start with uh, Luke on this one. If the Grizzlies get the Timberwolves, I'll say Grizzlies in seven. Um, their team is is equally frustrating and potentially good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You can't, you, you don't really know what you're going to get. And part of that's <laughs> the the whole issue that would happen with Ja this year. Part of that's Desmond Bain was in and out of the lineup, um, but Stephen Adams is out. That doesn't help anything. Um, I, you know, of the teams that have big guys, I could see Jackson being the least effective against the Timberwolves just with who they have with Towns and Gobert. I know, but it's just the Anthony Edwards, his athleticism kind of cancels out the, the athleticism, the advantage that you would think Memphis might have with the backcourt. So I don't know. I think that was a good matchup for Minnesota. I don't, I mean, I don't foresee them winning, but I feel like they, they'd give them a good run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love the matchup to see Morant against Edwards. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, Clinton, what do you got? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think 
Memphis and Minnesota is they kind of a lot of their strengths neutralize each other. We kind of saw mm-hmm. it last year, and, and Minnesota pooped the bed like two or three of those games. They probably should have won that series last year. So I think that is a good matchup. Um, Steven Adams not playing the whole playoffs is going to hurt Memphis in some of these matchups. Um, I actually think it's a better matchup for Memphis to get the Lakers than it is Minnesota, perhaps. Um, so if they got the Lakers, I would take Memphis in seven. Um, I would tend to, I'm still going to pick Memphis either way in seven. I think okay. both of these teams could take them to seven. Okay. And both of those teams, in theory, could beat them. I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers beat Memphis or if Minnesota uh, came through this year and beat them. Okay. Okay. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I would pick Memphis in six, probably. Um, I was just thinking people were talking about Jaron Jackson and how much he fouls and he doesn't play, you know, big minutes because he gets in foul trouble. But in the playoffs, they kind of let him play a little bit more. That might that might work out for his favor. That that wouldn't be such an issue for him. Um, that would be something that I would be kind of looking for uh, for this series. Um, if I may go outside of on the court, I think Memphis shall be punished much the same way I was correct in that Alabama was punished for having Brandon Killa <laughs> run free on his roster. Ja will face karma from the basketball gods for threatening to beat up a $9 an hour Foot Locker employee for the terrible crime of not having the shoes in stock that his mother requested. And so Josh shall not prosper in this playoff series. That's my bold prediction. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. How about you, DJ? I don't really trust the Grizzlies at all. Um, I don't know why they, I don't know. Maybe it's the history or I think they're, they're more ego than what, you know, they're not, they don't have the hunger and humility that you need to be great. They kind of like talk and act like they're already the team to beat when they've never won anything yet. So, but that being said, I think the Timberwolves are the exact same, but not as good. So, so I, I think because of that, the Grizzlies would probably beat the Timberwolves just because it's, you know, they're the worst of the two options as far as have a lot of talent, but just find some way to blow it. And then um, if they play the Lakers, I think they're going to be in big trouble. Um, oh. I think I, I think the Lakers are going to beat the Grizzlies if they end up playing them. Yeah, I I kind of I'm I'm more on Clint. I think if I think the I I trust the Grizzlies almost against the Lakers more than I do against the Timberwolves. And the reason why is the Lakers don't have the guards to guard Morant or Bain. Like they just don't have the guards to do it. Uh, and I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is is a solid matchup against Anthony Davis. So question is, can he stay out of foul trouble? With which is something that you mentioned, Chris. So I'm sort of, I guess, the opposite on that. I feel like the Lakers would have troubles with the the Grizzlies, um, where uh, I think it's a better matchup for the Timberwolves. But I, I still think I'd pick the Grizzlies either way to win either series. Go ahead, Clint. The only thing I would say, it's, I hope Memphis gets out of the second round, first round. I hope Golden State sweeps them in the second round because I, I generally don't, I think I said this on another podcast. I generally don't mind like trash talking. I used to do a ton of it when I was younger too, but they've literally won nothing yet. And they pretend that they did. And the only other thing I'd say against Memphis is if 
The only team in the West that I would fear as a Bucs fan is I do not think the Bucs could beat the Grizzlies. Oh, okay. I just, I just think their size and athleticism is too much for the Bucs. Because every time the, the Memphis has destroyed the Bucs minus one game the last two years. And I don't think Chris Middleton is a terrible matchup. Bain can stick with them. Holiday can attempt to stay with John Morant, but he's going to get tired out. And Jaron Jackson is a nightmare for Giannis. <laughs> this is all okay. true. Okay. Okay. They're the only team in the West that I would be like, I don't think the Bucks can beat this team. Okay. Okay. Uh, did we get your prediction, Luke? Yeah, we did. Right. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Then let's uh, let's move on to the three six matchup, which is probably the most fun matchup in the first round. Like just like it's going to be a lot of points. Uh, the Kings versus the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> it's really is is the Kings' season like their their season like can they bring their season what they the the type of game they play during the season into the playoffs? Which it's hard for teams to do it at the pace that they did it. Like to continue that pace in the playoffs, and and or is the Warriors? road woe is going to continue into the playoffs it's going to be kind of interesting uh so let me ask you uh let's start with chris on this one what do you got going in this game what are you watching for uh and and who do you got um i have warriors in seven Mm. um i think i think we have a three to three home split and then game seven on the road golden's eight gets over their hump, gets over the woes, their road woes, their their playoff experience does it. Um, I think what's just like you set up with the pace, San Francisco, Sacramento plays and how many points they score. We know the pace goes down in the playoffs just as a rule. Teams are not trying as hard on defense uh, in the regular season. Offense is way inflated this season because guys are trying – less than ever and shooting better than ever. So not, not to take away from anything from Sacramento. They're great. They're a great story. They're a legit good offensive team. I don't mean they're not, but they are kind of inflated in my opinion, just from the factors, like I said. So it will be very interesting to see if that's right. (laughs) If, if their offense is as good as it seems against four-time champions that know what they're doing in the playoffs. Draymond mucking everything up for them. We'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, Sacramento doesn't protect the rim at all. Yeah, good points. It's going to be interesting to see, like, the most experienced playoff team we've had in a number of years versus the most inexperienced franchise because they haven't been in the playoffs for a long time. DJ, what's your thoughts? Who do you got? I'm very upset about this. I've been rooting for the Kings all year because one of my good friends is a big Kings fan and he's been that way his whole life. And I was, I told him all year, I'm like, as long as they don't get the Warriors, they got a good chance to win a playoff season or series. That's the only team I don't want them to play. And then of course they play the Warriors, which incredibly irritated about because I don't think they have a shot. Now I do have to say the matchup with the Warriors allows them to play their style of basketball, um, which the other, like against the Nuggets, against the Grizzlies, against any other team, they might have a harder time because they're going to, you know, physical, like playing a physical style. 
would have to take place. But the whole, you know, it's different in the playoffs than in the regular season. That's out the window this series because the Warriors are like the worst defensive team ever right now. And I think they're going to be able to still score 130 points against the Warriors. But the question is, can they score more than the Warriors? And the Warriors is the only team that I think is going to outscore them. Um, it's just, this is going to be a growing, you know, a growing pains type series for them where you, you got the veteran team that knows how to win the playoffs and is going to be all loosey goosey. And the Kings are going to be like the young guys that have a lot of talent, but haven't done it yet. I mean, you look at Sabonis and Fox and um, Herder, the guy's crazy on shooting threes. It's like, they have the ability to make this a really interesting series. I just think their youth is going to, is going to kill them. Um, I think they're kind of the second coming of the Warriors as far as I can see them like doing what the Warriors have done the last several years in a couple of years. Um, they're, you know, how I would kind of compare this for us old people. It's kind of like the early nineties Packers against the Cowboys where it's like, you knew they're coming, but they're going to get their butts kicked a few times against the veteran team that, that knew how to win. Um, and they'll get over the hump eventually, but it's, it's going to take a little bit. I'm just really upset because them against like the Suns or sorry, Luke, but even against the Clippers without George, I, I think they, they would win the series, but I, they're just not going to win this one just because of the matchup. And you said how many games? Uh, um, I would say five. Okay. Okay. Uh, Clint, what's your thoughts on this series? Um, likewise, I feel bad for Sacramento. <laughs> um, but this sounds like a semi-cop-out. I, I think the series will depend on game one. If mm. Sacramento can play their game in game one and win or win big, I think they can make it a long series. If they lose game one, <laughs> I think it's going over in five. Um, so I'm going to try to be optimistic. And I will go, I'll still go Warriors, but I'll go Warriors in seven. Because I think Sacramento will win game one. <laughs> I'm basing, I'm throwing it all on game one. If they can win game one, I think they will have the confidence to have those other two games at home where they just shoot the heck out of the ball. The crowd's into it. They have an awesome crowd. And I think the Warriors, if they get down big in a couple of these games, are just going to punt the game. Um, they're not going to, you know, if they get down 20 something in the end of the third quarter, they'll just wave the white flag because they'll just go back home and try to win it there. So I think this is going to be one of those series where there might be like four blowouts <laughs> and it's going to be like a long series that one team wins 25 in the next game, game three in Oakland or San Francisco. Now it'll be Warriors by 30 or something. So I'm going to try to be optimistic. I'll still say Warriors, but I'll go seven. Okay, uh, uh, Luke, what do you got? So Malik Monk randomly goes for 45 points. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but that happens against the Clippers, but not against anyone else, it turns out. Um, if, you were to, if, if you were to pick one of these teams to sweep the other one, who would you take? The Warriors, Warriors yeah. Right, that kind of answers your question, right? <laughs> like, who do you who do you guess is going to win the series? Which is, yeah, I mean, I will take the Warriors in six. 
I would not surprise me if it was Warriors in five. If somehow the Kings can turn regular season running gun into playoff running gun, which never happens. If they can somehow do that, that'd be great because their story is so much fun and their team is fun to watch. And De'Aaron Fox has struggled on this terrible franchise and he's been there long enough to turn it around, which is very cool. And the beam is sweet. Light the beam. That's awesome. It's all very cool. Everything about it is pretty sweet. You'd kind of, ha- you kind of have to be, it's a wishful thinking to, to pick the Kings to actually win the series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clint, did you have something to add? Yeah. I was going to say if, if, of all the series that they could match up with, this might be the one where they can keep as close to the regular season as possible going because the Warriors are going to chuck a lot of threes. And if they're, if they have a cold night or even if they're hot, you're just going to get a lot of possessions because they're going to shoot them often and early. So, and the Warriors haven't been great on defense all year, but I think this could be the closest series for most of the games where it could be like the regular season where they're just going up and down. All the other teams in the West are going to slow it down on them. They have the ability to do so. The, the Warriors don't have, you know, someone down low to punish them, slow it down like Jokic, just throw it in the post and let's just eat some clock and um, bludgeon them to that. So this is their best chance of keeping that momentum. But I, I think as said, their defense is going to do them in, I think in this series, but especially if they were to go on. Yeah, that's fair. Chris, go ahead. Um, I think a very huge X factor in this series is what Andrew Wiggins is going to show up. Um, he's completely unknown. Is he in shape? <laughs> is he going to give them anything? But he could be, he's the defensive wing that Golden State needs to get up and down with Sacramento. So if he's at like 75%, that's absolutely huge for them. Yeah. And, and uh, what Gary, how good can Gary Payton Jr. also be as well? Because he was huge for them last year and he started playing recently as well. So, yeah. Uh, I, I I have the Warriors as well in five. I, I think I just, I like Sacramento. I don't, you know, you guys are talking about like they're going to keep the pace, but I, I don't know if they'll be as fast. Even with the Warriors, I think the Warriors understand like the playoffs need to be slowed down. But even if it is as fast, I think DJ, you mentioned this, like the Warriors are going to outshoot them. Like, you know, like with Clay and, and, and uh, Curry, they're probably both going to average like 30 in this series. So I, I got the, uh, the Warriors in, in five. But uh, Jeez, cool. let the record note that, that I'm the small market fan here. You guys are all a bunch of those big market homers over here. Warriors, <laughs> Warriors, Lakers. No. <laughs> That's fair. So speaking of big market, let's go into our our last series here. Uh, maybe the most interesting series in the first round, especially in the West. Um, Suns against Clippers. Uh, so... Let's see here. So really the big question is we're going to see is like uh, the chemistry for the Suns. I think since Durant's played for the Suns, they are eight and oh, I think I heard if I heard that right. So games that he has played, the Suns are eight and oh, 
I don't know the context of what, who he played or what they what played. What you mean is they're due for a loss, right, Ryan? That's what I mean. Uh, <laughs> the Clippers barely beat the skeleton teeth of the Suns, though. We did watch that. It took a lot of work to beat those guys who don't fit the rotation. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. So let's talk about this series a little bit, matchups, whatever. Chris, why don't you get us start us started on this one here? Um. So – Part of this, I don't. This is, goes back. I don't know who's in the rotation for either of these teams because <laughs> half their guys don't play like sixty percent of the games. Um, so I don't. I don't know how much I have to say about this. Uh, how about this? We'll throw this up to Luke. I know I saw some stuff last week. They were finally fed up with Marcus Morris, and then they put Covington in the starting lineup, and he had like a thirty-point game or something like that. What's the what's the Marcus Morris update? All right. Well, Ryan, I think was intentionally not starting with me, but I mean, if no. You go ahead. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. You guys want to know everything going on with the Clippers? So, Marcus Morris has been a shell of who Marcus Morris normally is. Now, when you're like, well, who is Marcus Morris normally? He's normally been a starting guy who shoots somewhere close to forty percent from three, especially the baseline corner three. And when he doesn't take that, he pump fakes it, goes and shoots like the 10-foot mid-range over the top of someone, no matter how contested it is. And he can still shoot it at a high percentage. Okay, This year, he turned into a traffic cone defender, a below-average jump shooter, and an even worse anything else that has to do with basketball. Out of nowhere. Like, he even started off okay, and then he turned into that. And it took Ty Lue about three months to not start him uh, and as soon as he did not start him our team got way better so it, it the, the big question for the Clippers is who is Ty Lue gonna play because mm-hmm. now we have Russell Westbrook which I don't know sorry Rand, I don't listen to your podcast implicitly like as much as I probably should um I don't know if anyone on your podcast was a fan of the Russell Westbrook signing but like Ryan and I, DJ was on board. That's what's up. So I don't think there was one media member who gave Russ a chance to work out on the Clippers when we didn't have a point guard on the roster. After we got like we needed a we needed one point guard. Um, he's been great. He's been he's been really really good. He has been playing within himself. He won't take a wide open jump shot if he's not feeling it, and he'll go and we'll get a better shot. It's like well, that's a contested Kawhi Leonard turnaround. He's like 60% on those. Um, so that's been working out really well. But like Bones Highland was out of the rotation. But then Norm Powell got hurt and Morris was out and then PG got hurt. So they put Bones Highland back in the rotation. He made like four threes in the fourth quarter to beat the Lakers. So it's like, oh, well, how do you sit him, right? Norm Powell just came back and went for 30 over the weekend. Okay, so he's playing. Covington randomly came in and went seven for seven from three in a game. Well, you got to play him. Batum is the best glue guy on our whole team. He can guard every position. Well, you got to play him. That's not counting Terrence, man. You got Kawhi, you got Zubak. At some point, how how big of a lineup, how many guys are you going to play, right? <laughs> so teams go seven, eight deep, sometimes nine in the postseason. We have too many. And Ty Lue has not instilled any confidence in the Clippers fan base to who plays and who doesn't. I'll shut up. DJ, what do you got? 
No, I was just going to say, you're going to cover everything. So none of us have anything to say. So I want to jump in before you hit on, <laughs> hit on everything. It. Okay. I'm really excited about this. I know. Frankly, I wanted the Warriors to play the Suns because I thought that would have been amazing. So many storylines there. It would have been really good matchups. But when you go through, I, just to go off what Luke was saying, I think the X factor of this series is going to be Westbrook for two reasons. One, Westbrook has the opportunity, if he can you know, play like he's been playing the last couple of weeks and, and find the fountain of youth, he can fill in kind of for Paul George as far as like energy, as far as being like a second scorer. He he can play more up tempo. He's going to be the guy that needs to to wear down Paul. He, if 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 he can press him full court, just like Paul had happened last year and totally you know had no idea how to handle it and got worn out. If he can press Chris Paul, play as high energy like he always does, that can neutralize Chris Paul. Then what you need is for Kawhi Leonard to be the man that he claims he is and play every minute of every game that Durant is in there, want, you know, man up on him. That is your job. Like slow down Kevin Durant. If you want to prove that you're going to be an all-time player, a top player right now, then use your abilities. You're the only one on the team that can effectively basically stop Kevin Durant. Then as Luke was alluding to, you got Powell, you got Gordon, you got Mann. All those guys should be coming in on Booker and just wear him out. It's like keep their legs fresh, keep the rotation going, keep the pressure on Booker, and make the other guys besides Paul, Durant, and Booker win the game. And if you can do that, you won't need Kawhi Leonard to put up 35 points. Just have him neutralize Durant and – I think they're going to have a real shot because they got, as, as Luke was saying, they got a ton of guys they can throw at Booker and then the other, you know, whatever, um, the other, you know, role players. Um, and I think they can make it a really, really interesting series because I really like that they've been playing man a little bit more. That dude, he's good. It's like if you if you allow him to stay on the court long enough to get a rhythm and to, like, get loose – um, I think he would really shock Booker um, as far as if he, you know, if he's able to like man up on him most of the game and then you throw Gordon in there just to throw some elbows. And I mean, he's kind of like the, the Tucker was for the bucks um, against the Suns, where he's going to be the guy that's just going to be like really physical. He's going to go on and get a foul in three minutes every time he gets sent in. But, like that's his role. You know, even if you put him on Durant for a little bit and just throw some elbows into his ribs and stuff like that. But anyway, so I'll shut up now. Those are a couple of things that maybe sound like I know what I'm talking about before Luke jumps on it. But um, <laughs> I'm excited about it. Yeah, go ahead, Clint. So I already texted Luke. I never root for the Clippers, but I've never rooted more for the Clippers in this series because I cannot stand the Suns. Also, no one talks more slander about Russell Westbrook than I would. Um, but I do think he is the key to this series. But I think in a different way, I would not start. Russell Westbrook. I would still Dis play a minute. Disagree, but go ahead. And what I would do is I would, as soon as DeAndre Ayton comes out of the game, I would play Russell Westbrook and then that point forward. And I would tell him to attack. Like he's shooting out of his mind. Like since he's been with the Clippers, it's like 48% from the field and 35 for three. So if he can keep that up, then yes, he can do his, his Paul George impersonation. <clears throat> 
I would take the opposite approach. I would not put Kawhi Leonard on Kevin Durant. I would put him on whoever their fit starter is. And I would let Kevin Durant shoot 55 times in this game. I would make that dude prove that he's back. <clears throat> I hate Mike Budenholzer, but the way that they played the Nets and let Kevin Durant shoot, I thought was the best strategy for that series. The problem is they let a couple other guys get free. Um, so I, I would attack the Suns and go small whenever DeAndre Ayton comes out of the game. Like you got to put a big on eight and otherwise he's going to get boards. <clears throat> but if you can get him in some foul trouble, get him out of the game. Jock Landell is not uh, imposing his will on anyone. And when you get DeAndre Ayton out of the game, yes, in theory, you could use Russell Westbrook to get um, DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble. But I don't, I wouldn't trust Russ to man up Chris Paul full court without doing something stupid and getting a dumb foul. I'd put Terrence Mann on him or Eric Gordon and just say, Eric Gordon, you don't really do anything on offense besides kind of stand and shoot anyhow. So your job is to just go over there, get up in Chris Paul, make him take six seconds to get across half court, wear that dude out. I would be, I would worry that um, Kawhi Leonard would get tired as the series went on if he had to man up Durant the whole time which is why like Chris Middleton was effective because <clears throat> we got PJ Tucker to get off of Kevin Durant and some of these guys, but I, my strategy would be to let Kevin Durant cook. I would let him cook. I would, I wouldn't double him unless Deandre Ayton was off the floor. Then I would send a double. I would send Kawhi as the double because <clears throat> he would hard pass then. And I would just try to wear him down because I don't think his fitness level would be up. If you can get a game to seven games, making him, carry the offense and shoot the ball 30 times a game while having someone just hound him. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting because the series is, is really about, you know, Suns don't have a ton of depth. The Clippers have a ton of depth. So I think like sort of kind of in between what you guys are saying, like how do you use that depth to your advantage? You, how, who, who presses, who presses Chris Paul? How much do we put Kawhi Leonard on? Uh, Durant, How, you know, what, what's the, it's, it's all going to play a factor. Don't start Marcus Morris. You know, uh, he, it looked like he lost his knees halfway through the season. If, you know, if I could just add to the, like, I don't know the concern, it feels like he had a huge injury of some sort that we don't know about, but um, I, I would start Russ because it's been working. I, I could see if it hasn't been working that you probably wouldn't. Do you know, by the way, um, he is shooting 31% from three on the season. And he, he, people say he can't shoot the ball. Do you know that LeBron James is thir shooting 32% on the season? But I mean, somehow, even a blind squirrel gets a nut, Ryan. Come on now. Come well, I'm just now. saying, like, <laughs> I, I don't understand how LeBron is like, he's not getting criticized for his shooting, but Russ is, is 31%, whatever. But anyway, uh, neither one of them are good shooters, is my point. But anyway, point being is uh, I, I would start Russ, but he, you don't have to, you can stagger the minutes then afterwards, you know what I'm saying? Like, see how the game goes. Mm -hmm. I trust Ty Lue. He's been very, uh, as far as like yanking Russ, you there's game. He did not play the rest of that. Uh, who, who are they playing? The, uh, the Lakers. He started really hot against the Lakers, but then like in the second quarter, I think he started to kind of like, you could tell he wanted to beat the Lakers and then he did not play in the fourth quarter. Like Tyloo's like, no, I can't have you being doing that in this game. And then the, the Clippers won. So he's, he's got a leash, but it's a short leash on Russ. And I, he has the depth where he can do that. So I trust Tyloo in those moments. 
Um, but yeah, it's going to be a fun series. I, I'm I'm really excited for it. And I think like the Clippers have the bench, the role players that you can have like an Eric Gordon or a Robert Covington or Nick Batoon come in a random game and score 24, 25, 27, you know, like four threes, seven threes in a game. And that might actually work for the Clippers advantage. Plus, we d- we still don't know about the Paul George thing as far as whether he'll be back in the series or not. And that could be a big X factor as well. Go ahead, Luke. So there's cautious, cautious optimism that PG will be back by game three. If that is the case and he looks like himself or a very close version of himself, the Suns were the, were the ideal round one matchup for the Clippers. We can guard with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. We can guard Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And then we have more depth. They traded their depth to get Durant. I actually mm-hmm. didn't like how we matched up against the Suns until they traded for Durant. And I thought, oh, now we have a chance against them because Cam Johnson and campaign ran ragged around us in the series that we, we could have waited to the finals if Joe Ingles didn't put a hit out on Kawhi. Um, anyways, it'll be interesting to see. I still think overall this was the best situation for us. And we just got picked 14 to nothing. ESPN just had 14 of their experts pick the Suns to beat us. <laughs> and no one went with the Clippers at all, which I like. I like that. That usually gives you a chance because um, that's that's how that works with the media. Um, yeah, I just mentioned another positive. I hear Scott Foster might be refing that series as well. So, and he <laughs> knows exactly how fraudulent Chris Paul is, and he he <laughs> accentuates the fraudulence, um, which which is great. Um, but I guess it just it's so frustrating that the Clippers were finally putting it together. We finally started to look good. It took the entire season, and Kawhi and PG did not look any better until he got his knee injury against the thunder that literally was the best our team looked the whole year <laughs> was, was that night <laughs> it was like wow we look amazing where has this been all season instantly pg goes down so that's pretty frustrating it's just the life of if you've been a fan of the clippers since they got these their two guys here it's been a, an entire, just a complete run of unfortunate injuries and situations. I mean, for crying out loud, the entire world came to a halt when they finally looked like they might have a chance to make it to the NBA Finals. Yeah. Like, like, it just, it hasn't worked. So this is probably, I mean, we might have a chance next year, but if we get out of the first round, this is our best chance. And this might be our last chance with this run of the team. So we'll see what happens. I'm I'm holding no hope, but it's it's been a struggle. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to maybe we'll have an off-season podcast. We'll talk about the clips if they don't win. <laughs> um so let's predict this series then. Chris, what, who do you got? How many games? Well, I find the arguments, the Clippers depth and who they can throw at the Suns very, very intriguing. I'm still going to say Suns and seven because pending the Paul George return, the Suns have three of the four best players in the series. And I think ultimately that matters more. Your top heavy third? guys. Who's the third? Paul. Oh, campaign oh, is better than oh. Chris Paul. No, it's still Chris Paul. 
I know he's a fraud. I know he's there a fraud. There are four but... Clippers that are better than Chris Paul that are on the <laughs> roster that are not named Kawhi Leonard. Amir Coffee. <laughs> I would take coffee. I, I, said, good. I said what I said. And what I say is that Phoenix is going to win in seven games. Uh, okay. Phoenix in seven. DJ? Clippers in six, Luke. Okay. Let's go, Clint. I really want the Clippers to win. I, I don't have faith. As Luke said, like they have a couple too many guys, and I don't know if Ty Lu will like not play Plumley. Like if he wastes the game and plays too many bigs, like I don't think they can punt more than a game in this series. And Lou has a tendency to go down 2-0 and then make all these changes. And I don't know if you get down 2-0 without Paul George coming back, like as Paul George, <laughs> that you can recover from that. So I want the Clippers to win. I will go Suns in seven. Okay, Suns in seven. That's that's me giving the Clippers credit. I don't think it'll go that far. Um, but hoping I want that. I want to be wrong so bad on this. Okay, Luke, what do you got? I appreciate the the, the bandwagon support, though, Clint. That's I mean, I, I that's that's about all I could ask for. I appreciate that you want it to happen. That's nice. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Clips in six. I would to to Clint's point. Let's say that the Clippers lose the first two games. Paul George comes back and he looks like he's about 70 to 60 percent, and we go down three nothing. That's more likely, right? <laughs> that's the more likely scenario. But let's just say that Kawhi and Batum make let's say Batum makes like eight threes and we steal a game in Phoenix, and then Paul George comes back. Just saying, who knows? Let's go Clips in six. Let's see what happens. Okay, I love the optimism. Did you know that the last time that Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant faced each other in the playoffs, where Kevin Durant had the advantage that uh, Kawhi's team was up twenty before Zaza Pachulia stepped underneath them and took out Kawhi for the entire series? Uh, just saying, that was against the Warriors. Uh, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi, I think will be up for this series. I want to pick the Clips too, so bad, Luke, and I think I will. I'm gonna say seven. I'm going to say Clips in seven. I think they'll have to do it on the road. I think they're going to um, have to come back. I think the first game that Paul George comes back, if he does, they'll probably lose it because they're going to want to get Paul George wrapped and they have to integrate him back in. So they're going to lose kind of a game by that. But I think with the depth, I'm not a big as Chris Paul fan as Chris is apparently. I think like Norman Powell can kind of, keep up with Chris Paul, like Chris Paul averaging 30. I, I could see Norm getting 30 points in like four of the seven games where I don't see Chris Paul that good anymore because all you need to do is press him. So yeah, I'm going to go clips in seven, but I think it's, this is going to be a fun series. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Okay. Western conference finals real quick, guys. Uh, Chris, who do you have? Warriors sons. Ooh, that would be a fun one. I'd like that one. Uh, DJ. Warriors Suns. Warriors Suns. Didn't you pick the Clippers to beat the Suns? Yeah, I did. But if you uh, just ask me straight out who's going to be in the finals, that's what I'll go with. <laughs> I'll take it, DJ. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Clint, are you going to pick the Clippers after? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Clippers. Um, no, I will go um, Denver and Golden State. Okay. Okay. Luke? Clippers, Lakers. 
Wouldn't they? Love it. I, oh, yep. it, they got to win tonight for that to happen, though, right? If they win the, the next, the, yeah. the Wolves have to win tonight. The Wolves are Minnesota up 89, 89 79. Oh, it's the yeah. fourth quarter. The, the, the Lakers have to win. Otherwise, they would no, play. No, the, no, no, no. The Lakers have to lose tonight to then become the eight seed when they win the next one. Then, they, then they're oh, in the but they, they wouldn't. Oh, what you're saying? They're the two seed. Finals. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Clippers, Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but there is a little Lakers. bit of. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go, uh, man. Clippers, Warriors. That can happen, right? That's what I'm going to do. Clippers, Warriors. I think that'd be a fun series to watch. Um, which was, I think, the series I picked uh, before the season started. By the way, Warriors, Clippers. Uh, before the season started, that was the series I picked. Okay, quick finals. Uh, DJ, who do you have going to the finals? I know I put this on you real quick. Yeah, um, Bucks, Warriors. Bucks, Warriors. Clint. Touche, Bugs Warriors. Okay. <laughs> Chris. Don't judge me. I have PTSD Celtics Suns. Celtics Suns. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, Luke. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. If the Clippers don't win, I would go with Suns Bucks. I'm going to go Clippers Bucks. I will pick the Clippers Bucks as well, which I think that's what I picked at the beginning of the season. So. We'll see what happens. Thank, thank you guys for joining me tonight. It was fun. Uh, we will also have round around podcast. So maybe we'll get you guys on for a couple of those as well. And um, we'll see what happens, but uh, thank you all also for listening. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. If you haven't yet, follow me on Instagram at nutty buddy underscore sports. That's when I show I drop podcasts and uh, also check out our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed and we will talk to you guys soon.